0: What do you want? Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very, very special Iony live today. I'm your host, Katherine Brown, and we are sitting down today with a person that many of you are very familiar with. If uh, chat gives any indication, which is absolutely booming today, we are sitting down with a legend in the networking industry. One, uh, one of you were called him a Cisco legend, uh, which is absolutely true. An incredible teacher, Brian McGann, this week a major milestone in Brian's journey. So we're sitting down to talk with him a little bit uh, about that and we'll hear from Brian in just a moment. First, a couple of housekeeping things. You guys are all familiar with this as we do each time we stream here on INE Live. want to let you know we are streaming live across social media platforms right now, including LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Be sure to like and subscribe on the social media platform you're using so you can stay in the loop when we do go live and get those notifications. We obviously want you to get involved talk to us, talk to each other, chat. Like I said, it is absolutely cracking right now. We've got uh, Jesus from Panama. We've got Gaurav from India, Namibia, Mozambique. We've got French, uh, Spanish coming in here, Uh, tons of languages. Ingrid from Poland just saying hello there on LinkedIn. Hello to everyone. Keep those comments and questions coming. We'll get to as many as we can today. I know Brian is excited to answer a lot of your questions. Um, So if uh, we aren't able to get to your your questions, we apologize. We'll try to circle back and get to those uh, on social media, but we will We'll try to get to as many as we can live here today. Our team uh, is monitoring chat. Just a quick note, if you have a question, try to drop a cue there in the beginning of it so that we can find those questions, easily pull them over and get them over to Brian. And with that, let's bring in the legend himself, Brian McGann. Brian, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Hi, Catherine. I'm happy to be here today.
0: And we've got the confetti flying because a thank huge you very congratulations uh, is in order. For those uh, not aware this week, yesterday in fact, Marked the 20th anniversary of Brian passing his CCIE routing and switching exam. Brian, now a CCIE lifetime emeritus. Just a a, a huge congratulations to you, Brian.
1: Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Catherine. It is kind of a big deal, as uh, I like to tell my wife, but she doesn't believe me that I'm kind of a big deal. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, I don't like to toot my own horn. Um, I like, uh, you know, mostly helping people is what I've done in my career but you know every once in a while I have to step back and look at what I've really done and you know it has been quite a journey here to 20 years of CCIE certification.
0: Yeah that's uh it's incredible and I I, I know we'll get to a, a lot of your journey throughout but one thing that really struck out uh, stuck out to me as you and I were talking earlier this week is um you said you remembered when you first got the news you literally cried tears of joy
1: I literally cried tears of joy when I got that email, and you know that is actually a common sentiment that I've heard from other candidates, other students in the past. That there's just so much of your life invested in this certification, and it's just so emotional that you know when you get that that final uh, release from the the pain of studying for the CCIE, that you can you know sit back and relax and enjoy your accomplishment, and you know getting the CCIE. Uh, in my opinion, is, you know, one of the biggest accomplishments of my life still to this day.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and not just your opinion. I mean, it it is absolute in the industry known as, you know, one of the most prestigious and certainly one of the most difficult certifications um, to achieve. I, for those not intimately familiar with the CCIE and the lifetime emeritus um, kind of status and qualification, can you just uh, bankroll that for us? What is it Why is it such a big deal? And what does this lifetime emeritus status mean?
1: Yeah, so for those of you that aren't familiar with it at all, uh, CCIE stands for Cisco Certified Inter-Network Expert. And by many, uh, not just me, it is uh, considered to be like the PhD of the networking industry, that it's the top-level certification uh, that's been out there for, at this point, uh, 25, 30 years it's going on. Uh, but still, it's recognized in the industry as one of the uh, most difficult certifications to get uh, because there's an eight-hour hands-on lab exam that you have to go through in order to, to actually prove the, the, the knowledge that you have you know, about that particular topic. And it's one of the most sought-after certifications, it's one of the most highly paid uh, certifications still in the industry. Um, and it's what I've been focusing on the past uh, 20 years is really uh, you know, helping other people obtain their CCIE and, and uh, you know, trying to get their career goals accomplished where they wanna be.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people in chat right now um, asking about your advice for, for younger engineers, and, and we'll get to that in a second. I wanna rewind though, um, before we get into that and just take you back to the beginning of your journey you know you're a you're a teenage kid in suburban chicago uh kind of fumbling around kind of not doing not really sure where you wanted to go how did you stumble onto this path and and really know that's the journey that you wanted to take
1: yeah so i have kind of an interesting story where i originally wanted to be a, a game programmer a video game programmer so i uh was Uh, into programming in uh, high school a little bit Um, but i went to university and the first semester i had for programming was java and i absolutely hated it i could not get through java programming Um, could not understand c or c for the life of me and uh, i still wanted to go through with this because there was in a uh, cs100 class we had which was like an intro to computer science different people from the industry would come in and talk about what they did and you know, give you, you could ask questions for advice about where you wanted to go in the industry. And I remember that there was one gentleman that came in, he was a developer for a video game at the time, one of the best selling video games of all time. If any of you guys remember the video game called Descent, it mm-hmm. was a uh, like a spaceship game, like a 3D spaceship game, but it was, it was pretty revolutionary for the time because it was, uh, one of the first games that you could play multiplayer on the local area network. And uh, I remember I used to play in high school with like uh, 10 other people on our, our local computer LAN in the in the computer network lab. And I spent so much time there playing this game that I learned all about computer networking as a, as a kind of a side to it. But anyways, um, so this guy came in, he was talking about this game Descent that he had worked on. And I talked to him and I asked him, you know, what if he uh enjoyed what he did you know what he was doing what he was working on and he said they were working on their next project but they were all broke that they had run out of funding for uh the next game that they were trying to develop and i thought well if this is you know this guy who's already at the top of his industry descent was the number one selling pc game of all time of the year and you know he's still struggling in his next projects maybe this isn't the best thing that i want to get into <laughs> so uh, i ended up leaving the university after one semester and i went back to uh, went back home and i went to community college uh to get rid of some of the you know math and sciences and, and you know basic classes that you could just do wherever you wanted to um, but it turned out at the time that they had a new program there uh, that was called Cisco Academy, and uh, Cisco Academy was where they had uh, CCNA that was broken down into two different semesters, and you would take it as a regular college course. And there was lecture, you know, about the technologies, and then there were uh, hands-on labs. They had some routers and switches that we were able to play around with. Um, and at the time, this was back in two thousand, which at the time was very difficult to get your hands on to. Uh, any of this networking equipment because it was really, really expensive at the time. Uh, but luckily they had a university grant to get this equipment. Um, and they were luckily what they called a, a regional uh, Cisco Academy Regional Training Center or something like that, where they were uh, some sort of special center that had access to this equipment. And uh, so luckily I was able to get involved with, uh, uh, with the Cisco Academy um so this was back in uh what would this be this would be early 2000 um i ended up getting my ccna at the cisco academy and then i was looking at uh the local chicago computer user uh, magazine i saw a job ad that said get your ccie come work for a consulting firm we'll pay you 120 to 150 thousand dollars a year and we'll pay for your training. So we'll pay for your training too, for CCIE. So I said- Money the great
0: motivator,
1: right? (laughs) The money, the motivator, right? So I I didn't even know what CCIE was at the time. Um, So I didn't know a CCIE. I had never heard of this before, but you know, me being 19 years living at home Nineteen years old, living at home, hundred and fifty thousand dollars job is looking, you know, pretty amazing. Even yeah, today even hundred fifty thousand dollars <laughs> job is looking pretty amazing, right?
0: I was gonna say that that sounds awesome. Yeah,
1: That <laughs> sounds awesome, right? Yeah. So, um, needless to say, I had to convince my parents that it was a great idea to drop out of school and go to uh, this company that was doing the training for CCIE, and it wasn't cheap. It was like a twenty thousand dollars program uh that uh that they were offering at the time over the course of like 18 months and i basically convinced them i said well look at you know what what we're paying in tuition for university versus you know this other uh, private training it was basically you know almost on point one to one what it would cost but the big you know gamble was you know, what is CCA even and, you know, whether there was any sort of market for this, uh, which, you know, at the time, I didn't really know anything about it. But, you know, apparently there is a market for this the CCA certification. There's
0: quite a market for it.
1: (laughs) There's quite a market for it. Yeah. So I was um, I went to this school. Um, I was uh, living at home. I was working somewhat. I was doing like desktop support. Uh, for a uh, just an independent reseller in the area um, doing Microsoft support. I had my MCSE in in NT4, so doing some Microsoft server stuff. Um, But still, I wasn't really happy with that. I wanted to get more into the networking side because uh, uh, our high school had a dial-up BBS, um, not sure if uh, many of you guys even remember those, what those were, but basically you take your your computer and hook it into your phone line and then you could dial into other computers and then post messages and, and download, upload files and stuff like that. Basically before the internet, that's, this that's was the way back. we, that's yeah, a throwback, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was one of the admins for the bulletin board system for the, uh, for the high school. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's how I got involved in networking to begin with. But wow. um, yeah, so I went to this school um, and I went through CCNA again, went through CCMP, and then um, I was looking and I saw that someone had, had this question before, how long did it actually take me? Um, I was looking at the certification tracking system the other day, and it shows you historically every exam that you've taken, um, and it was uh, February of 2001. February of 2001 that I got my CCNA. And then it was January of 2002, just a year later that I got the CCIE. So uh, it was pretty quick. But in my case, I was studying full time. Um, So you know, your mileage may vary if you're working and you know, have family and stuff. I was, you know, single at home at the time, (laughs) 19 years old studying. So it was a little bit easier in terms of my uh, you know, uh responsibilities that I had at the time versus now. You
0: get that luxury um, to, to fully dedicate yourself, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah.
0: Um yeah, so so I your next step. So you you convinced your parents somehow you must be very, very persuasive because we're both parents and I'm trying to think if my kids came to me and said, hey I want to drop out of school to go I to do school. you know <laughs> exactly. something that I've never heard of. I think it's gonna be great. Yeah. So um so the uh, big argument was
1: that Bill Gates dropped out of school as well. <laughs> that's,
0: a, that's a decent argument. That, that that's that, a decent, that's
1: argument.
0: decent. Yeah. Um so so you convinced your parents, like you go to this community's community college, start taking these courses. What when did you fall in love with this?
1: That's a good question. Um just seeing probably when I was at the community college, just seeing how you could use the devices to communicate with each other. Um, and this was still, there was a lot of dial up things that we were dealing with at the time. And I was just so enamored that you can, you know, connect across the country to other computers and, and, you know, talk to people that were so far away and uh you know i'm actually i remember at the time now thinking back uh i did get in trouble a couple times because of long distance <laughs> telephone bills <Yes. laughs> at the time calling from my computer uh out to long distance bullet boards i got uh, a little bit of flack for that uh you know when my parents got the bill but i learned that uh you know what was in the radius of what was a free call and what was no longer a free call after that
0: Uh, (laughs) you learned the hard way, but I bet you didn't forget it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I got a couple questions coming in and, and, um, we can kind of focus right here at this point of your journey, but, um, Randall asks, what are your recommended study habits for CCIE studying? Jose also asking, what was your study plan? Can you talk about a blueprint? Was it short labs, mock labs, partner group studying, solo studying? What was your methodology here?
1: Yeah, I think that group studying is important um, to try to find other members of the community that are working on the certification, and you know, it's it's good to to have someone to bounce ideas off of. Um, that was the big thing at the time where I went to this school that there was there were other people there that were studying for the same thing, so we were able to help each other get better by you know, asking questions and, you know, coming up with troubleshooting scenarios and stuff like that. Um, But in terms of just methodology for studying, it's kind of funny, the timing for this, uh, because just yesterday uh, I was talking to my seventh grader about his study habits, that (laughs) he is not (laughs) doing too great Uh with his study habits and he needs to work on uh, some things and we sat down and we went through a project that he's uh, working on right now he's trying to learn about uh water reclamation systems and he came to me he said dad i have no idea what this even means you know you're going to help me and i said well i know what a water reclamation plant is but i don't know you know i'm not a civil engineer i don't know the details about this stuff i said well let's go learn it together so what, what I made him do is we went on Wikipedia and we read some articles about water treatment and water reclamation. Then we went on YouTube and we watched some videos about uh, touring a water reclamation plant. And actually today I'm gonna to take him over to the local water reclamation plant and you know uh, check that out. But the point was, I was trying to tell him that uh, you have to first just get a broad understanding of what you what topic that you're trying to learn okay so I said broad understanding well let's go to Wikipedia because that's simple English you know we don't have to learn the nitty-gritty details about it we just want to know what is X okay next step is I want to get a little bit more information about that uh, but I want to get it from different uh, veering opinions so I'll watch a video on the uh, the topic so reading, watching videos and then you know reinforcing what you're doing in, in in our case in our industry that would be with doing labs. but a, a lot of people come out of university or they come out of primary school secondary school with issues of learning that mm-hmm. they don't have a good set study pattern and they're not able to really, uh you know break down something into into information they can retain long term uh without a lot of difficulty and you know that's one of the things that that i have focused on over the years is kind of the theory of learning and what is the best way to present information uh to students that is going to make them retain it in a a, a long-term fashion And it comes down to, you know, a a variety of resources that you have to uh, have visual cues, you know, I'm reading through, like, you can see my bookshelf behind me. I'm still a big fan of, of, uh, you know, reading through regular books. And then uh again visual learning through uh, videos and auditory learning through videos and actually what i did at the time this sounds crazy now but um i took the cisco documentation the printed cisco documentation and i converted it into uh computer audio that the computer was reading me these uh, technical documents and i would just have this on like 24 7 in the background running it reading me this information about ospf or bgp or you know whatever and i would just be kind of passively learning this information as i was doing other things and even today i recommend that to people you don't have to sit down and watch these videos or my videos whoever's with your full concentration what i would do the first time around is just put it on and go about your daily routine, you know, uh, whatever your normal work is, or, you know, if you're looking at cat pictures on Reddit, you know, that's fine too. (laughs) Um, But uh, you can gain a lot of information just from passive learning, that when you come and circle back around later, you'll see that that information gets retained longer term, the more that you repeat it over and over and over. And there's been scientific studies about this, uh, the repetition of learning and the different theories of learning. Um, But that's what it really comes down to is that you have to have a variety of of types of resources and you have to have repeatable learning in a a structured fashion in, in order to maintain that information long term. And, uh, you know, I can uh, certainly attest to this because 20 years later, there's still a lot of the information that I know uh, uh, in terms of networking that I haven't touched in years and years. Let's say, you know, token ring or dial up ISDN <laughs> <laughs> routing for any of you guys who know what that even means. But, um, you know, once you learn something properly, it's hard to forget it. Okay. Even if you don't remember all of the details about something certain. Uh, when you commit something to your long term memory, that's ultimately what the goal is here, that we're trying to teach people to do, you know, to make sure that they can retain this long term.
0: I, I think that's such a great point that, that you bring up, Brian. Um, you know, I, I know, for me personally, you know, there are things I did yesterday that, that I can't even remember, right. But I mm-hmm. remember in third grade, I learned a song with all the presidents in order. And like, I can repeat that back to you. That's been very that's helpful awesome. on, uh, on Jeopardy a number of times. By nice. way. But, uh, um, you know, once you find the study habit or, or the, the way of learning that resonates with you, um, whether it's, you know, I, I know for me, like musically, like that's one of the the ways that I'm able to like there, you know, learn things in a very immersive way, but, but it sounds like immersion um, is a part of your strategy as well.
1: For sure, yeah, and everybody does have different learning strategies that they need to use. Um, so some people, you know, don't have the patience to watch videos. Some people don't have the patience to sit down and read through a book. So it's it's really about finding what works for you, whether it be you know auditory or visual or mm-hmm. reading. You know, there's lots of different options out there, or hands-on labs, which is uh you know one. Big thing that we're always harping on, um, you know, in order to retain that information long term.
0: Uh, I'm loving these comments that keep coming in. First of all, I don't know if you're getting a chance to see any of these, Brian, but uh, just just a ton of people thanking you for what you have done for them over the years, um, and and crediting their success uh, back to you and what you've taught. So um, I know that that's very important to you, and, and I just have a huge smile on my face. Um watching these come in. Um, I want to drill down on these um, study habits just a little bit because we've gotten a couple of very specific questions um, and, and they're in the same vein. So I'll read them together. But Jake LeBlanc asks, did you have a strategy when you were a month away from your lab exam? And Jake says I'm labbing nearly 95% of the time and only researching and reading when needed. I've been after it two years. By the same token, Seth asks I'm a week out from taking the CCIE lab for the first time ever. Any recommendations on how to prep the final week whether it's mindset labs workbooks videos so when you're when you're you know staring down the barrel there at the last whatever it is you know the last month the last week the last stretch uh, before you take this huge exam where do you need to be from from a headspace, from an intellectual space from a from an emotional space
1: From a headspace, you need to read the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which says, don't panic on the front of it. So don't panic when you're a week out. Um, What I would personally say is to take the expanded blueprint, print it out on paper, and then cross off those items as you go down the list. And basically use that just as a checklist to see which topics that you're comfortable with, which topics that you are, uh, you know, you still need some work on. And then that would give you an idea of what you need to focus on before you get to the final exam. Uh, But other than that, I would say keep labbing up until the day before the exam. Don't, the day before the exam, just relax, you know, when you're, if you're, especially if you're traveling um, to get to the location for the lab, you definitely don't want to be uh, you know, preparing too much the day before, but uh, using that checklist, um, and you can search for ours if you search for CCA Extended Blueprint on Google, you can find the first link that goes to our blog um, about that, but you can use that as a, as a visual, some visual cues to figure out what uh, topics that you, you know, potentially need to still work on.
0: That's great advice. Um, and, and good luck to, uh, to both of you, to all of you out there. Yeah who, are, good luck, you guys. yeah. who are, and please keep us posted. Let us know, um, on social media, um, tag us, you know, tag Brian, um, let us know how you're doing. We love, we love going along for the journey with you. Um, Brian, I know that's, that's, that's huge with you. You've talked a lot about the importance of, um, I, I know the importance of your mentor, uh, in, in your journey and, and, um crediting your mentor with a lot of your success um how did you forge that relationship and how important has it been really if you can qualify that put that into words
1: yeah for me personally my mentor is my best friend one of the one of the best friends i've ever had in my entire life so i was very very lucky uh, to meet this individual at the school that I was studying for, he was the uh, the head of the school at the time um, in uh, Chicago that I was studying CCIE at, and then eventually I ended up working with him uh, at another local school in in Chicago for a couple of years after that, uh, before I went on to INE. E. But I've kept in touch with him throughout the years, you know, followed his career as well. He's followed my career and uh you know it's difficult to to put into words how much it really means to me but definitely i wouldn't be here where i am today if it wasn't for him so i would say in terms of finding a mentor uh you definitely want to look i don't have any (laughs) advice really of how you specifically (laughs) find one um but the flip side of the coin is being a mentor to others So if you're in the position where you know at work or through some social group that you can help out others that are you know going for this certification or just you know networking in general, uh, it's it's great to have someone to talk about things that you enjoy, and that's one of the big things is that you know if you're going for CCIE, you're definitely going to be having to enjoy these topics, because if not, you're going to be suffering through the you know countless hours of books and videos and everything um but it turns out to be that the vast majority of people in this industry really enjoy doing what they do and are willing to help each other out at the end of the day
0: yeah i've seen that so many times um just through people who have reached out to to um you know to you brian to uh everyone to everyone from instructors here at INE to uh all the way to our ceo um, Richard McLean and, and just forging those relationships. Yeah, a lot of people um, consider you their mentor, Brian. Um, and, and again, credit you with their success. What does that mean to you as you look back on your journey of 20 plus years now and realize that for for all the people who helped you with your success, you are that person for a lot of people.
1: It's really satisfying to tell you the truth. Um, it's the best part of this job is being able to... They get those messages, you know. Especially, we have worldwide reach, which is interesting with the internet and you know how technology works. That I get messages from people all over the place, and there's ones that really stand out over the years that I can still remember to this day. Uh, but for example, I remember I got an email from a guy in Vietnam. He said, "I'm the first CCIE in Vietnam because of you."
0: Wow. Uh,
1: And he so he was the guy, he was the go to guy for the entire country uh, at the time. And he was in our online classes. Uh, So he was attending from Vietnam. And this was back in like 2004, 2003 to 2004. So this technology was really in its infancy at the time. Uh, And, you know, we were still able to have that reach. And, uh, you know, even today I saw the, you know, how many people are on here from uh, from European and Asian time zones and everything. Uh, I saw Nigeria was on. I saw Egypt was on.
0: Yeah, there is. I've I've been looking the same. I saw, um, you know, Namibia, uh, Mozambique, people from really all over the world. you know, are, are tuning in um, to to hear what you have to say and just and just to listen to this, that's, it's incredible. Um, Philip asks a really good question. This is from Philip Bottoms. Well done, Brian. Do you have any advice for people who lack confidence in the belief that they can get a CCI?
1: That's an interesting question. And there's an interesting phenomenon that is called oh and i now i can't remember the name of it now that i'm thinking of it um but it's basically a uh a case where you get to a point where you know so much that you doubt yourself whether you actually know that information or not and it's it's like a uh and i know someone's going to uh drop in here on chat with the with the the syndrome that i'm trying to think of because i remember we had a big conversation on Twitter and LinkedIn about this. Um, but lacking confidence, uh, imposter syndrome. Yes. Thank imposter you. syndrome. Yes. Imposter syndrome. Yes. That you think you don't belong mm. uh, where you're supposed to be or where, or where you are. And um, I would say to get with other people in the industry and to get with social groups that are that are going through training for CCIE, that are, you know, studying for CCIE, and you can kind of compare and contrast your knowledge base to theirs, and then you know, you'll be able to see where you kind of stack up against others that are going for this certification. I mean, we've had people in the past that have been, you know, very, very smart. But end up failing the CCIE exam because they don't have good, uh, you know, study skills or or whatever it is. And then you, you know, you see on the flip side a guy that you might not think is the brightest person, but has great, you know, problem solving skills or great uh, uh, organizational skills, and they're able to achieve the CCIE. So there's people from all walks of life that uh, obtain this certification. And, you know, it's, It is tough to get over that hump of, uh, you know, being confident in yourself saying, you know, I deserve this, I should go for it.
0: Yeah, I I think, uh, and looking at chat, you know, a lot of people struggle with that. Um, Absolutely. Uh, I think no matter what field you're in, no matter what uh, job title you have or or position you have, I think think imposter syndrome is something that's very real that, um, that a lot of people, you know, do have to struggle mm-hmm. with and try to mentally figure out how to get beyond, um, beyond that moment. Um, I just saw a, a, a great question come in from Don Eby and, um, I want to, I want to take this question and take it a little bit further. He asked what drives your appetite for mastery of networking technologies and your desire to be extraordinary. And we piggyback uh, on that, you know, even achieving a CCIE once, um, is remarkable you've done it four times, which is uh, extraordinary. Um, what, what is it, what inside you makes you tick? What makes you want to consider uh, to continue pursuing these incredibly challenging and difficult feats and really being driven to be that master of your field?
1: I think just being driven to a challenge is the key. Um, you know, it definitely is a challenge. None of these were easy that I went through. Um, you know, I have a friend Neil who has the most CCIEs out of anybody. Neil now has ten CCIEs. Oh goodness! <laughs> um, and uh, you know, he collects them as a hobby, just as as a challenge. He doesn't use all of them in his, his daily work, but uh, you know, it's just an an intellectual challenge that he likes to go through. And um, I think that's it. Just Uh, drive to learn about new things. Um, So over the years, you know, as the technologies have evolved, I've become interested in other things outside of routing and switching, you know, like security and MPLS, service provider routing, uh, data center most recently with things like uh, VXLAN and ACI and and stuff like that. Uh, But one of the things I would say is that you have to um, be willing to change in this industry because the technology is constantly changing on a daily basis. And if you're not willing to keep up with it, if you're not willing to change with that technology, then you quickly become a dinosaur and end up in a dead end job or, you know, out of the industry looking for work somewhere else. Um, because, you know, unfortunately the, the technology doesn't stop. It's going to keep going and going. And it's up to us, the the high-tech plumbers of the internet, in order to keep it working.
0: High-tech plumbers of the internet. Got that. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Um,
1: those two, The internet is a, a series of tubes and those tubes get clogged. <laughs> so we have to get in there and plumb them out.
0: Boil it right down. Um, all right. So a lot more on your journey that I want to cover, but um, I want to kind of take a pause for a second, because we have a lot of really technical questions coming in and I wanna be able to um, give you a chance to answer those, Brian. So I'm just gonna fire a couple of these very technical questions at you and give you a chance to to dive into this. Um, Aline Philippe asks, would you recommend for young engineers go for CCIE or or remain CCNP level and go broad with other tech like cloud automation, Linux, Python?
1: I would say yes and yes. That you want to learn the other technologies like automation, like Python, um, but there's no reason to stop in your learning process. So, if you're already at CCMP level and you want to continue in your career, then I would say, you know, what's the reason not to go for a CCIE? So, I've never heard a CCIE say, I wish I never got the certification. You hear on the flip side that people who don't have it wish that they had gone and got it earlier in their careers, but you know never the never the opposite. I never hear anybody say that it was not worth it the journey that I went through.
0: Um, all right, so Adrian asks, Hey there, Brian. I was wondering if from, and I, I'm going to do my best on this question, Brian, we, okay. we, we practiced it beforehand, but I'm just going ahead and, and letting you know out there. I'm not sure I'm going to pronounce all this right. You got
1: it, Catherine. Right. Let's do it.
0: I was wondering if from Wireshark encapsulation point of view, the ICMP plus IP plus Ethernet is what we refer to as the underlay VS VX LAN header plus UDP plus IP plus Ethernet, which is the overlay.
1: Okay, I'm going to have to think about this one for a second. So, ICMP plus IP plus Ethernet is what we refer to as the underlay, and VXLAN is the UDP IP Ethernet header, which is the overlay. That's close. Well, yes, that's right. So, IP and Ethernet would be your underlay, and then the UDP encapsulation would be the um, the overlay. Um I would suggest that you look into our introduction to VXLAN videos, which would go over that topic in, in more detail. Um, and for super technical questions like this, feel free to to hit me up offline. You can email me bmcgane at ind.com or on uh, Twitter or on LinkedIn.
0: All right. Awesome. Adrian has a couple other uh, questions in that same vein. So uh, Adrian, feel free to... Uh... To send your questions directly to Brian. James asks, what's your advice on someone who's never been a programmer before but has huge experience in legacy RNS and would like to sit for a CCIE lab?
1: So you don't have experience in programming but uh, you have experience in legacy RNS and would like to sit for the CCIE lab. So the issue now is that the new enterprise infrastructure CCIE does include automation. What I would recommend to do is go through the DevNet Associate cert, which is the new CCNA level for development. Uh, We don't yet have videos out for that particular certification, but we do have videos that touch on the individual topics. Uh, We're working on developing a series for that. But I would recommend basically everybody out there look into DevNet Associate, Um, you know, even if you don't go for the certification, it would be worthwhile uh, to go through the book. There's a a official cert guide that's out there from Cisco Press and to learn at least a little bit about automation, a little bit about programming, uh, because there's so many verticals that, uh, you know, programming is going to horizontally cut through.
0: Uh, on that same kind of topic in terms of DevNet, NetPeers asked, do you consider DevNet to be a very relevant path? Programming is the way we manage networks every time. And for that reason, it becomes something important. By the way, congratulations on your 20 years CCIE. But DevNet, um, you, fair to say you feel it's a very relevant path?
1: I would say so, yeah. Um, I'm doing it myself. So that should tell you that uh, you know if I trust enough to bother, I picked up the book. And uh, I don't know if I'll go through for the certification or not, the actual exam, uh, but I want to learn the topics. So the certification outline, the blueprint is a, is a good way uh, to kind of keep on track and, and, and uh, you know, a good map for, for going from point A to point B when you're learning a new topic.
0: So and thanks for the person-
1: congratulations.
0: <laughs> so a few questions, um, a lot of questions actually that I've seen coming in um, asking, you know, they have a CCIE, should they go for a CCDE? That sort of thing. Um, I, and I'll just kind of summarize it with um, Ask Aslan's question here um, on YouTube. If you were at 19 years old today, what would be the order of certifications that you would go for?
1: Hmm. So if I was to start over, what order would I do the certifications in? That's a tough one. Um, Well, I originally started with Microsoft. I started with MCSE, which would be equivalent to the Azure certifications today. So I think it depends on um, what you're interested in. I personally am interested in networking, so I wanted to go for the infrastructure exams, which would be the CCNA, CCMP Enterprise, and CCI Enterprise. Um, But, you know, there's so many options out there, whether it's cloud or whether it's cybersecurity uh, or networking, you know, that you could go either way. But if I was 19 again today, I would take the same path. Personally, I would go CCNA, CCMP, probably at the CCMP level, I would uh, split off to some other vendor certifications, maybe something like VMware uh, or some uh, cloud uh, type certs, but Still, I would do CCIE again if I had the chance.
0: It's been pretty successful for you. <laughs> yes. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your journey, kind of parallel to to getting your CCIE certifications. You also co-founded INE shortly after getting your first CCIE, um, and and obviously certainly didn't didn't stop going for those certifications while you were doing very big things here at INE. Can you talk a little about how that came about in terms of a a career versus continued learning and and how you were able to balance those two?
1: Yeah. So um, I was working at a school in Chicago uh, with with my mentor, the one that I had met at uh, Mm -hmm. the school that I had attended. He was uh, now my coworker and um there was basically only one advertising venue at the time for our type of of school or work that we did which was a mailing list called group study uh run by a gentleman named paul burghesi back in the day back in the uh 2000s and uh my i business partner brian dennis at the time was a big poster on group study and, and so was i and we would kind of battle back and forth trying to one-up each other in terms of technical content. And we ended up uh, meeting up and starting INE. And he was already at the time, uh, I think, a three-time CCIE. He had uh, routing and switching ISP dial and maybe security at the time, I think. so when we initially we initially started with just routing and switching which was kind of the bread and butter for for everything that everyone was going for routing and switching and not so much the other uh verticals but when i started to get into um the other verticals like security for example the way that we did it is basically as i studied for the exam that's when i had written the workbooks and the uh, the outlines for what would ultimately become the videos for those uh, certifications. So um, the point being is that um, it was basically my notes, you could say, that ended up becoming the products that we ultimately sold um, from mm-hmm. studying for those certifications. So it was kind of 2 prong. It was... Uh, you know, learning for the sake of learning, but then I was also developing the products that we would uh, eventually sell. Hmm.
0: Um, Interesting question from, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce uh, his name, Rajagopal. Apologize if I mispronounced that, but CCIE number 12887 uh, has a great question though. Your trainings are perfect for a good network engineer. Whenever we think of questions, you talk about it and also configure it live. There are other trainings which talk about technologies, but you just configure it right away and also troubleshoot. The question being, how did you strategize this learning module?
1: Um, This goes back to a class that Brian Dennis had taught, what my coworker at the time, uh, where there was a, power outage or there was a a storm that maybe knocked out the internet and they didn't have connectivity to uh, the rest of the labs so the only one that had a, a rack of equipment was the instructor was him so he said well let me teach this class just by configuring everything and I'll show everybody how it works and just kind of talk through it as he went so he had showed me this method of teaching And basically, everyone that we showed it to uh, was really excited about it. That, you know, the the idea is to um, talk about the technologies, but then you have to get a hands on understanding of it. You have to get a hands on view of how to configure it, how to verify it, how to troubleshoot it. And, you know, that kind of three pronged approach config, verification, and troubleshooting is what we have focused on in our videos and uh, really is, is the kind of the strategy that, that I would recommend to do when you're learning a technology. You need to know about it, so how do you configure it? But then you need to know, how do I know for sure that this is working? I need to verify it. And then if something is wrong in the verification, where do I go to start troubleshooting this particular problem?
0: Hey, uh, a lot of questions coming in right now about software-defined networking, and I'm going to combine three together and, you know, crush them up and hurl them over at you, Brian, for, uh, for, for you to digest here. But has um, asked, where do you see the network industry five to 10 years from now? Is SDN going to take over or are we going to still use CLI? Mahanad also asks: Is CCIE becoming less important with the SDN world? And Farhan, is routing and switching still holding value in SDN and cloud when there are a lot of other overlay technologies? What do you, how do you see this dynamic playing out?
1: I see it as a mix of technologies where the big, you know, sky is falling is that the network engineer is gonna be obsolete in five to 10 years because everything is automated. But as we saw what happened with Facebook recently, automation isn't necessarily the solution to everything. You can kind of automate your yourself into a corner and they had a huge outage, you know, worldwide news outage because of a BGB routing problem mm-hmm. that was because of their automation system, that they weren't able to get someone into the CLI uh, in order to fix the problem because they had done all sorts of SDN on top of the network in order to uh, to automate everybody out of the loop. Um, so, no, I don't think that SDN is gonna replace uh, the CLI. It's not gonna replace network engineering, but it is going to augment it. So I would definitely recommend that you learn about new SDN technologies like SD-WAN and uh, SD-Access, things like uh, DNA Center, and uh, the vManage for uh, Cisco for SD WAN, uh, but uh, we're still going to be here in, in five to ten years. Just the landscape is going to look a little bit different, more automated than it does today.
0: Yeah, uh, everything is evolving, adjusting, changing. Um, you know, but but one thing is for sure: knowledge uh, will stay with you. Gustavo for asks: where's sure a lot of stuff to master in the IT field and for CCIE, CCIE labs in general. What would be the most important topic to practice for the CCIE enterprise infrastructure lab?
1: There's a lot of stuff to master in IT field. What would be the most important topic to practice? I would say it is routing uh, because routing is going to apply to all of the different uh, verticals, and it's going to apply to the vast majority of topics that are already in uh, enterprise infrastructure. So routing would include OSPF routing, EHRP, BGP, uh, static routing even. But then when you get into more complicated overlays like SD-WAN and SD-Access, you still have to make sure that your underlay routing is working before you can run an overlay on top. So uh routing is definitely going to be the core of all of the uh topics everything is going to sit on top of layer three
0: great all right um one one thing and we're we're uh closing out our last uh seven or eight minutes here but um you know one thing that's on my mind is you certainly of course as we as we mentioned been with IONE since since the very beginning but um All of these technologies, whether you're talking about networking or cloud or cyber or data science, whatever, it seems increasingly that everything is coming together and overlapping. Um, You have seen INE grow really from a networking centric company into a much broader tool with paths in cyber and data science, cloud and and more to come. Um, What's your favorite part of seeing the company grow and expand in ways that it has and of seeing the technologies come together and evolve how they are?
1: Well, INE is my baby, so I love to see it grow uh, over the years. You know, like I said, we started just in routing and switching, and we um, started expanding from there. And it's great to see that we're able to help individuals in other verticals as well. So I see on LinkedIn, you know, all these people saying, "Hey, Neil, I got my first job in in cybersecurity because of your stream," and you know, I got this certification, I got this job. And, uh, you know, it's great to see that we can help people not only in networking today, but we can then help them in things like cybersecurity and cloud and the other verticals. So it's just great to see that it is uh, not grown beyond my control, I would say, but that it's, you know, branched out and now it has a life of its own uh, going on into these other verticals.
0: Um, what uh, Reza? I just saw this uh, question come in from Reza. Is this recording so we can rewatch? Absolutely, yes. We'll give you details on that at the very end of this. But uh, yeah, this, this will, is being recorded and we'll post it later. And uh, a few of you who have been asking questions, we got to those questions um, early, uh, early on in the in the stream about study habits and that sort of thing. So uh, rewatch it when it's posted. Take a look back at the beginning of that. Um, the, the, my final question for you, Brian, is. Um, what is next for Brian McGann, right? Uh, you, you've co-founded a very successful company. You are a four-time CCIE, along with too many other things to name. Um, what is next for Brian McGann?
1: Um, that's a great question. I mean, I still love INE. I still love what I do 20 years later. So for the short term, nothing's changing. I'm still here you know, writing content, writing labs, writing videos, we're recording videos. Um, We have a big new push that we're doing in automation of lab scenarios uh, that we're gonna be uh, releasing some information about uh, very shortly. So that's a big push that we have new networking labs where you'll be able to watch your video then do the quiz and then click on the lab and it'll correlate with the video on a one-to-one basis so you'll be able to have that hands-on learning that we you know find as such a key uh towards your success so more ine in the short term is what i see
0: no slowing down for you right <laughs> all right brian anything else that you would like to add before we wrap things up here
1: I'd just like to thank the community for, you know, supporting us, for supporting me, for supporting I&E over the years. If, if it wasn't for you guys, you know, I wouldn't be here. And it's just been so great to be able to travel all over the world and meet people teaching classes and to virtually meet people, uh, you know, from so many different walks of life and be able to, to help people out and enjoy what I do for a living.
0: Well, huge congratulations to you, Brian. Um, It is an absolute honor to work with you. I am certainly not alone in that sentiment. I feel very fortunate to get to talk to you, and thank you so much um, for joining us. Thank you to our audience for great participation, great questions. Really appreciate everyone's input. That is gonna wrap up today's stream. Thank you again for watching. If you missed it live, you can look for the replay across our social media channels and on the INE website. We will be live again right here back on INE e Live next Thursday, January 13th. We're switching things up a little bit. Normally we do a Tech Tuesday. This week it's a Tech Thursday because we have a big surprise announcement. Something we are very excited about here at INE. We know you will be excited as well. We'll give you a hint. We are more dialed into cloud than ever before. Next week we are going to show you why. Be sure to like and subscribe on the social media platform you're using so you can stay in the loop for details on our next stream and notifications when we do go live. As always, Bring your questions, your comments, and your enthusiasm. We'll see you next time. Until then, have a great week.